a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome back, Rebels and Imperials, to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. My name is Brian Lucky. As always, are Liz and Matt. And I'm going to pick on Liz to start because Liz broke a rule that she didn't know about, which was that she was not allowed to go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge without Matt and me. But she went, and so I guess we got to hear about it now. So, Liz, how, <laughs> how was Galaxy's Edge? It, it was fantastic. Um, that is correct. I didn't realize this was a rule, um, though I, I, didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't, though... Um... The only way I was able to go was uh, chaperoning about ninety high school kids, so um, there there was a trade off there. But it was uh, it was fantastic. Um, it was the part of the trip uh, to Disney I was obviously most excited for. Um, and it, I think um, one of the neatest parts was when you walked in, and I think this is probably something maybe uh, people would assume is that it was you know very immersive. The minute you walked in, it felt like you were somewhere else that you could be in a world that existed in star wars and that was something you know the people i was with mentioned as well um people who are star wars fans or maybe casual star wars fans or don't know too much about star wars they all felt um the same way so that was pretty neat um and i i kind of had a vague idea of what was in galaxy's edge um, so, you know, I spent some time, um, exploring, um, went to the den of antiquities. I assumed there would be more antiquities. Uh, <laughs> so when I, when I left, um, I had asked someone working there where it was located and, and then they, they sent me back to the place I was at. Um, and then I should have assumed it was a place mainly to buy things. Um, <laughs> I thought maybe it'd be more like a museum. Um, but no, um, that was also the place where you could, you know, make your own lightsaber and things like that, which I did not do. Um, you you I, don't have just hundreds of dollars laying around for a lightsaber? Surprisingly enough, no. And I feel like it was one of those things <laughs> where I thought to myself, if I go, I'm going to build a lightsaber. But yeah. I did not. You should have gotten a holocron. Uh, yeah, but guess who did get one? <laughs> guess who got <laughs> nothing, guys? Oh. <laughs> Womp um, womp. There were uh, a surprising amount of ships uh, located around uh, Galaxy's Edge, which I uh, didn't realize there were so many. Um, and then I guess uh, my favorite part was, of course, seeing the Millennium Falcon and then also going on um, Rise of the Resistance, which is very difficult uh, to get on. We paid for one of those, I forget what they're called, Lightning Passes, Fast Pass. The earliest time we could get at the start of the day was 9 p.m. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. And that was like one of the last times you could get. We were lucky to do to get that. So we didn't have to wait in line. Our students waited like three hours uh, <laughs> to get on the ride. Oh, um, but that Rise of the Resistance was cool. It was like different. Um, I feel like there were different parts of the ride. How long um, was the were... whole experience? Um, I'm going to say it was maybe anywhere between like 10 and 15 minutes, which was pretty good yeah, for a ride. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and even our students that waited like kind of felt it was worthwhile. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. The, the, the Disney experience keeps getting more and more expensive now that you can buy those uh, fast passes or whatever. The last time I went, which was in 2018, you got three fast passes at a time. 
And so, like, you could schedule out your day, you know, do three of them. And then once they ended, you got three more fast passes. Yeah. Now it's like you have to buy one each day, and the cost varies depending how in demand they are. And, like, I think you can only use one at a time. I don't know. I I only bought one for specifically for this day, for um star wars stuff or you know um but i mean i can imagine if you're going to the family with multiple people it it gets expensive yeah Uh, we have pretty much decided if we ever go back to disney with the kids we're going to go we're gonna like just pull them out of school at the most random time possible yeah and just go then because otherwise i don't see how you can possibly do all the rides and not be uh just in line all day long yeah yeah it seems uh like a good idea there were some, oh, there were stormtroopers walking around, you know, accosting people. Um, our, our students were very excited about that if they were questioned by some uh, <laughs> some uh, stormtroopers. Uh, Chewie was around fixing the Falcon. That, that was kind of cool. Um, we did see Ray as well. Um, awesome. I think you have to maybe pay or wait in line to see, like, Darth Vader, and you can also meet Chewie, I think. There are some, you know, extras you have to pay yeah. more for as well oh we did see we did see din and grogu he was surrounded <laughs> by a mob of people um we, we didn't get to see kylo ren he was there later we missed him so well, that's you know um if you have to miss somebody the moody bitch is not a bad person yeah. to miss so. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but yeah, the last time I was in Disney, I was in 2018, Amelia and I were trying to do some Star Wars stuff before this, before Galaxy's Edge was open, and we sort of wandered into like an exclusive Star Wars thing we didn't realize we weren't supposed to be in, and no one <laughs> caught us, so we got a picture with Chewbacca mm-hmm. for free. Oh, so, that's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. We did wind up eating lunch uh, over there as well, which, you know, was a typical Disney lunch, but with a Star Wars theme. Um, so that was fun too, of course. Did you have any like? Uh, I'm trying to think of a Star Wars food. I I I know there was blue milk. Did you have any blue milk? No, they did have it. They were selling it outside. It was so hot when we were there. The thought of milk was unappealing. Mm. Um, my some of my students had it. I asked them what it was. Um, I think one was like a coconut rice milk situation. It wasn't actually milk situation. Um, and the other one was some kind of fruity something, but I didn't have any. The temperature really turned me off to having some. Sure, sure. But it was it was a popular location. I'm trying to think of like what other foods I would think of as being associated with Star Wars, and I'm just thinking that like stew that Yoda makes on Dagobah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was nothing yeah. like the foods they had kind of had Star Wars names, but there was nothing. A metal toolbox full of granola bars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't that like, like stood out. <laughs> I didn't have to like milk my own creature. Like, um, oh, did. They, have the, they should have the little Ray bread thing, you know, in the Force Awakens oh, when she adds yeah. water and it makes that little like mm-hmm. uh, little mm. pastry bread thing. Yeah, it should have yeah. Yeah, that would be a good one. Take yeah. the note, Disney. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, those those uh <laughs> those fruits from Rebels that we yes. saw Grogu snag. Yes, <laughs> yes. Or even the little uh like macaroon things that Grogu ate in season two. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you know what I want? Um, because in my head they are so tasty. Whatever that um like the 
kettle corn, but it's colored like that uh, movie surprise popcorn from the 90s <laughs> that they eat in Bad Batch. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> wow. I hadn't thought about that movie surprise popcorn in a dog's age. Holy <laughs> shit, bro. Wow. Okay. Yep. <laughs> wow. All right. Anyway, let's let's talk about Star Wars Celebration. So while Liz was in uh, Galaxy's Edge, there was uh, Star Wars Celebration 2023 happening in London, and a bunch of stuff got announced. Um, There's also a bunch of stuff that was just sort of um, we got some new trailers, and that we'll talk about those a little bit. But the the big news here is that there were three brand new films announced, and not not a trilogy, which is unlike Star Wars to announce films that aren't trilogies. But um, there are three of them, and I want to sort of take them each one at a time here. I'm going to start with the one I think that was the most expected, and that is that there is going to be a movie directed by Dave Filoni, which is going to, uh, in the words of the press release, sort of um, be the culmination of the TV shows that are happening right now. So Book of Boba Fett, uh, um, The Mandalorian, Ahsoka and possibly a show or two that we don't know about yet that hasn't been announced or hasn't started. Um, now, on one hand, I think that Dave Filoni, I mean, let's just talk about The Mandalorian this season. The two episodes that Dave Filoni co-wrote have been the two best episodes of the season. The first one was the Grogu flashback episode, and the second one was the one that just aired yesterday, which is the um, the one that sort of brings us into the finale. And both of those sort of dealt with the bigger picture stuff, and I think that's where Filoni really thrives. So, Liz and Matt, are you guys excited about a movie that will sort of end this current storyline? Yeah, I, I I was excited um, when it first was announced, and after watching last night's episode and understanding how these pieces all fit together, um, really is making me very excited because this movie theoretically could recenter. This is going to be a big, a big thing. And I'm sure like we said, uh, when we loved uh, the last movie that came out and then (laughs) walked it back, um, uh, this movie could recenter the star Wars universe because in, uh, we'll talk about this. That movie is obviously going to be Thrawn focused in some fashion whether the aftermath of Thrawn or Thrawn's ascendancy. But we've already had in the Star Wars storyline, Thrawn came up through the ranks and was making headway while the original trilogy was happening. And we didn't see that on screen. It is very likely that he is still a mover and shaker throughout the new trilogy. And we only dealt with this small sliver of the first order. Right. The Empire could still exist and exist under Thrawn in some fashion or form. And that movie could explore that. And that's kind of cool. Liz, what about you? Yeah. If you, you know, if you asked me before I watched yesterday's episode, I I think my answer might be a little different. I think I I might find it maybe more challenging to interlink all of the storylines that need to be weaved together in the length of a movie. But yesterday's episode was under an hour, and I feel like it was 
satisfying. Mm. Um, so, I, yeah, I think after watching yesterday's episode of The Mandalorian and enjoying it um, and seeing how all of these stories can be weaved together and how they're interlinked, I, I think it does make me more excited for that that movie. So I, I am I am also excited about this movie. However, there are two things that I I feel uh, I need to be a Debbie Downer about with it, just because <laughs> that's sort of my role in the show sometimes. Um, number one is, and this is no offense to Liz's beloved Star Star Trek, I I don't know if there are many good movies that have tried to continue the story of a TV show. Like I would argue that the the um, the Star Trek films, the the original series films, are not really sequels to the TV show. Would you agree with that, Liz? Yeah, I would agree with that statement. They're kind of they're kind of new stories set in with those characters, but there's not like picking up on something that happened, um, you know, in a TV well, show. Well, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, is a continuation of a TV episode. Khan was introduced in the original series. That is true. I did not think of that. But, yeah. But, like, for instance, I'm thinking of the X-Files movies, which I, which I don't think satisfied anybody when those movies <laughs> came out. Like, I think everybody was pretty down on those movies mm. when they happened. Um, Firefly just... Serenity. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, but that, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's, um, yeah, yeah. The, the, it just it's, that, yeah, that's a direct continuation and ruined what came before it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, there there is not a great track record of that. In part because TV and film are such different beasts. Like you know, TV gives you so much time to develop stuff, and movies kind of have to be bang bang. And mm-hmm. If you want to support that even further with Star Trek, the first Star Trek movie they gave to I I'm fairly certain the individuals that wrote TV Star Trek and it's notoriously terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like it, it, it's a different beast. Right. And so I think on one hand, it's going to be a little bit tough to, it's going to have to cram everything you need to cram into that two and a half hour movie that you need to, to complete like what's at least three or four TV series worth of stories. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two is I think that there is an inherent issue with giving this to Dave Filoni. I, I mean, I love Dave Filoni. I do. I think he is the best Star Wars mind that we have. However, the point of making this a movie instead of a TV show, to me, is to make it grander and to make it bigger, to give it more of a budget, and to bring more people into it. But you're expecting people to have watched like 100 hours of TV (laughs) to get there, which is sort of counterintuitive. And you're giving it to a first-time film director, which, again, is crazy when Jon Favreau is there, who has made like (laughs) Iron Man movies, right? And Mm -hmm. I am not advocating for Favreau to be the guy. I just think it's a strange choice. I love Filoni. It's not about Filoni. It's about just it seems like it's a counterintuitive film in that way. Um. That said, I'm excited for it. Um, the second of these three films, and I'm trying to keep us on task here, so I'm just going to keep moving along, 
is uh, there's not a title for it yet, but it is the tale of the first Jedi. It's gonna be directed by James Mangold, who uh, did the the last Logan movie, the last Wolverine movie, um, among other things. And this film takes place twenty thousand years in the past, uh, which is just a wild thing to say. But it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. here we are. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. But this is like the origins of Force users, which mm-hmm. is just an interesting place to to tell a tell a tell a tale. And we've never seen anything like that before. And if this is good, it opens up an entire period of storytelling that really has nothing there. Mm-hmm. And it can, it can let it be as new and as different as it wants to be. Because, I mean, nothing that happened. I mean, look, if you want to get really technical about this, like, you know, uh, creationists believe the Bible happened 6,000 years ago. So we're talking like. <laughs> Four Bibles ago, right? It's, uh, it, this, this, this is long enough ago that anything that happened then could be would have no effect on on what we're talking about now, right? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty wide open. Liz, I want to start with you. What do you think about doing a sort of a Force user origin story? I mean, I I think it's great, and I think for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, it's you know a long, long time ago, and I assume also in a galaxy far, far away. Yes. Um, I, I just feel like the possibilities are almost endless for the reasons you mentioned also. Whatever they do is so far in the past. Um, I, I really think it opens it up for just innumerable possibilities that don't necessarily affect what is going on now. Matt? Yeah, I, I think it really it's a good way to tell new stories without worrying about making all the pieces fit, which is interesting comparing it against the Filoni movie, which is making a lot of pieces that don't fit all come together. It seems. Um, So I am, I'm interested in that. And I think when we talk about the third movie, I think these three movies all serve very different roles and it's very interesting to see them paired against each other. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say this is the one that I'm uh, I'm sort of maybe I don't want to say least excited about because that's that's not the right word for it. I just I there's so little to know about it that like the concept is fun, but it could mean and it could mean any number of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what that means. Um, and the last movie is the one that I am most excited for, which is a movie set 15 years after the Rise of Skywalker. It is uh, centered on Rey and the New Jedi Order, and um, I, this could be the start of another trilogy. We just don't know yet, but regardless of what it is, it is telling more stories with Daisy Ridley, with Rey, with the setting that was sort of established at the end of the film with her um, having ghost parents now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. I, I every time I think about that scene I laugh and I, I someone had made a meme where that lady asks Ray, she goes, Ray who? And then she looks over and it's a force ghost of Ray Romano. <laughs> she says Ray Romano. And it's, it's perfect. Um But yeah, I, I'm curious to hear what you guys think of going back to the Ray Well this quickly. Now I I, I wanna preface what I just said with something else. When I say this quickly, that is not me criticizing them going back this quickly. I did not think they would touch this for another ten years. Mm-hmm. I thought they yeah. would see it as toxic and want to yeah. let it cool off the way they did with the prequels, right? Like, we did not see any live-action prequel stuff until 
when was Revenge of the Sith? 2005 or 6? Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan Kenobi was 2022? So it's oh. been a long time between between seeing live action prequel stuff. I, I guess I guess you could technically count Rogue One as a prequel, but you know what I'm saying? It's that's that's a different era. Um, yeah. So yeah. So what do you guys think about that? I I am shocked that they're bringing Ray back this soon as well. But honestly, I am pumped. I'm excited to see Daisy Ridley and Ray again. And I, I think it's fantastic that they're going to tell another story with Ray. And I'm curious to see where things are at with the Jedi at this point. And, you know, just like we said with um, the other new movie, The First Jedi, I, this seems like it's another place where stories can be expanded, a place where things haven't um, really been, stories haven't really been created yet. Matt? Yeah, I I think it's smart to keep it as a living story. I mean, you're constantly churning out new stuff, but it's all happening in between things that we already know about. I think if we want to keep Star Wars growing, we have to move forward. We can't be um, just continually rehashing the same 20 years. So I think it's necessary. And I also think it's going to be great because I really enjoy the expanded universe um, ideas of Luke's uh, Jedi Academy. Those I read all those books when I was younger. And I think it's a great way to bring in young fans, new fans, and old fans, which is really what we want to be doing here. Can I tell you the, the part of me that's the most cynical about this, though? which is that they're giving a 15-year time jump, which means they're just setting themselves up to retcon this when it doesn't work. Because <laughs> like, no. like the, the distance between the prequels and the original trilogy was used to retcon and fix up the prequels. And now mm-hmm. the space between Return of the Jedi and the sequel trilogy is used to fix up the sequel trilogy. And so mm-hmm. this is going to be used to fix up this thing when it doesn't work. Well, then I really look forward to uh, Dave Filoni's CGI series in between the yeah, two <laughs> exactly whatever that winds yeah. up being um, but imagine how big of a robot grogu will be walking around in by the time that is true that series rolls around that is true no yes no <laughs> <laughs> i mean that was just 100 percent crying from ninja turtles right yeah oh yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> not just me all right nope. uh yeah no i i i think it's great that daisy ridley is coming back i think it's I think it shows that Lucasfilm is serious about this. I really thought they were going to not announce movies for another couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that they are willing to you know, bring back these characters and do new stuff with them is fantastic. That's And again, they have not announced if any of the other sort of stars of that film will be returning. I know that um, John Boyega has had some less than nice things to say about the way he was handled by Disney. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he takes more to get him back, mm-hmm. but I do think that Finn, maybe of all those characters, is the one I'm most curious about. Well, and then it, it it's not necessarily canon, but it's not not canon. In the only other things we've seen post trilogy, Finn is a Force user being trained by Ray, right? In the uh, Lego specials, yeah. Oh yeah, so, you know. This is way in the future there, so he's probably not still in the academy unless he's a really bad student. He's still like he's still in the one hundred and one <laughs> class fifteen years later, right? But uh, 
you know, he's probably past that, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if him and Poe are a piece of it somehow. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I also think it's smart, going back to the Filoni movie for a second, we don't know if this is the end of those series or if this is the end of part one of those series, right? <laughs> we, we, they, they have been very cagey about that. They haven't quite said, like, the Mandalorian's ending because they, I think it was Filoni or, or Favreau said recently, like, we're at the, like, we're not even at the halfway point in the Mandalorian story yet. Well, they got to hurry up because the movie was announced already, right? So so <laughs> maybe, maybe this caps off the first half of the Mandalorian story. There's more after that. We don't know. But... I do think it's interesting and smart that they don't expect those series to go on forever. Yeah. There needs to be endpoints in those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, make it happen, Disney folks. A couple other sort of announcements before we get to the trailers that were released. Um, We have uh, the second volume of Star Wars Visions. Which the, the the first volume was all Japanese animation companies. This is uh, international, not just from Japan. So from all over the world, there are different animation companies, including uh, Great Britain, Spain, I think Korea. I forget where else I had read. There's a couple of people from. So it's going to be a very different look, but it's the same sort of format. I believe it's another nine shorts, and those will all be released on May the 4th. Uh, Matt, I know you loved the first season of Vision, so I'm sure you're very excited about this. Yeah, and everything looked great and I, again, just in like a large, broader sense, I really do enjoy the idea that, you know, Star Wars is something for everyone to enjoy. And I love seeing other people's takes on it. So I'm very happy to see them doing this again. Liz, when I I saw the trailer, I I had a question specifically in mind for you. Which was, did you ever think you would see Star Wars stuff from the animation style of Wallace and Gromit? I most definitely did not. <laughs> that's that's a big old no. <laughs> yeah, um, but fun. Yeah, yeah. Why I not? agree. Why not? Yeah. Uh, speaking of Star Wars being everything to everyone, there is a new Disney Junior show called The Young Jedi Adventures, also starting on May fourth, and it's about uh, like younglings becoming Jedi's, and. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. You the just, word younglings has a stink to it. I don't yes, know. yes. You just realized what I think I realized about a week ago. Like, oh, like, oh this is not going to end well. Hopefully, it takes <laughs> place a thousand years before the events of Order sixty six. Otherwise, this series is going to end on a real bleak note for a Disney Junior show. <laughs> there, there has never been an episode of Bluey this sad. But yeah, I my kids are now a little bit too old for Disney Junior stuff, but I'm going to try and get Ben to watch it with me mm. um, just to see what he thinks. Uh, we also found out there will be a season two of Tales of the Jedi probably next year. Uh, last season was only six episodes, so we, they did not say if there's going to be more or less episodes. They did not say if they're going to be Ahsoka and Count Dooku themed or if we're going to have different Jedi and Sith in the uh, in the spotlight for next year. And they also said that next year there'll be the Bad Batch season three, and that will be the end of the series. Um, I know neither of you have caught up yet and finished the season Mm-mm. that we're watching. It it got really interesting for a bunch of different reasons, and I think doing one more season is the perfect amount for that show. Mm-hmm. So, I what I want more is series that they plan that have a story to tell and then tell that story. Yes. I don't need them to have like a 
continual serial thing going on necessarily because again you are writing them producing them funding them like let's not play around and say he's like are we going to renew it for a season two it's like i don't know do it or don't i don't like (laughs) right yeah so if you think you have three seasons worth go for it you think you have five seasons worth of andor all right but (laughs) no now we just have two yeah so it just make up your tell figure out a story Make up your mind and don't rush it, which I say in regards to a film franchise where an entire trilogy was shrunk, shrunk down into one film in Return of the Jedi. So, yes, I guess they have a history of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Liz, do you have any thoughts about any of the TV stuff that we, had, we, that we talked about so far? No. I was okay. going to mention that I hadn't caught up on Bad Batch, but <laughs> that, that's about it. Well, you have a new priority instead of catching up on Bad Batch, which is catching Rebels. up on Rebels, because yeah. we saw the trailer for Ahsoka, which is essentially Rebels Season 5. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ha- Listen, man. If I... It, in the time that you and I have gotten to know each other, could you imagine that the random-ass cartoon show that I let you log into my YouTube account to yes, watch yes. <laughs> would be the it honestly Winston? in a lot of ways the storyline defining series <laughs> of Star Wars. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty wild. Um, first of all, the Ahsoka trailer looks great. Oh yeah, looks fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. But we also get every Rebels character except for Zeb, who we saw in the Mandalorian already. <laughs> so yeah. we know he's going to be around. Um, crazy how many characters were in that trailer. Crazy how they're not even like they're not even hiding the fact that it's just live action Rebels at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. We're gonna yep. get Thrawn. We're gonna get some some more Sith action or some yeah, at some least orange lightsabers, whether you like it or not. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, it's it it looks really exciting to me that it's going to come out in August, and so Liz, we basically have to get you to watch three episodes of Rebels between now. Is there two? Is it only how many seasons is that show, Matt? Four? Mm, maybe I watched the first season. Yeah, so we get yeah. two, two, three, and four in there before the end of the summer. Four, so. four seasons, and and like everything else that they make, it really does pick up. A... Yes, exactly. In season yeah. two. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I, you know, July. July's my month. There you go. <laughs> okay. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Once school's out. Mm-hmm. That's right. All rebels all the time. All rebels all <laughs> the time. We also got a trailer for Skeleton Crew, which is the new Jude Law focused show, which is interesting because the way it's described is like a, an Amblin movie, like Amblin, Steven Spielberg's company, like E.T., inspired story about four kids who steal a spaceship but the trailer had none of that at all (laughs) so um i don't really know what to expect from that show i do like the idea of the description of of like a you know an an 80s young you know like i don't know if you call it teenagers but like pre-teen action adventure story set in the star wars world i i'm game for that that sounds really fun to me so is jude law filming it or is he one no, of the he, children no he he is a jedi that is at the center of the story apparently oh i was like he is yeah. no, 
he is not uh, a child. He's in his 30s. Yes, he is. Uh, no, he is. He's probably in his 50s, bro. Yeah. yeah. No, he was born in 1987. No, he wasn't. No. Oh, no, 1972. I was going to say. I was going to say that, yeah. If you told me when I was repeatedly watching the Oh, movie, years so... active, 1987. <laughs> okay, oh. okay, there we go. Okay, okay. Yeah. If you told me that I was repeatedly watching the movie The Holiday, that Jude Law was eventually going to play a Jedi, <laughs> I yeah. would not believe you. No, why would yeah. you? Yeah, um, no. What, what is especially interesting about this series is that it, it was filmed all last year and one of the directors or i guess two of the directors for the series are the daniels who directed everything everywhere all at once mm. um so academy award winning directors who uh filmed an episode before that happened i think i think they filmed it even before the film was released actually mm. um so it's interesting to see that uh there and you know look the trailer did not do a lot for me necessarily, but again, it's a little bit hard to get a, a sense of a show from just one trailer. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't even see the trailer. I didn't even me, realize it was out. Either. Yeah. Well, do some do some homework after this and watch yep. it. It's, it's okay. And as you're describing it, I 100% in my head was thinking Lower Decks. Oh, yeah. Nope. Nope. That that's <laughs> that, that's a Star Trek show. That's a Star oh, Trek show. <laughs> The Trek, not the Wars. I was like, Was wasn't it out already? He's like, Oh no, no, that's okay. Yeah. Um But it, it does have an interesting um cast of, of both actors and directors. Uh Tunde Arabimpe, who is uh an actor but also in the band T V on the radio. He is mm. on it. Uh Carrie Condon from the Banshees of Insurance. Uh, I in love it. her. Um and the directors are Bryce Dallas Howard, who we've seen do lots of Star Wars stuff already. David Lowry, who did The Green Knight. Uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Schneider, who are the Everything Everywhere All, all at Once guys. Uh, Jake Schreier, who is doing the Thunderbolts film for Marvel. And uh, Lee Isaac Chung, who has uh, done some Mandalorian stuff as well. So those are the directors for it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, also uh, we got a little bit of footage, although this I don't believe was necessarily released to the public. The footage of the Acolyte, which is the series that takes place about a hundred years before the Phantom Menace, that um, features Carrie Ann Moss uh, of the Matrix, and mm. uh, we had it described as quote Frozen meets Kill Bill. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. Don't what even that means. know. I can't don't even, even begin. I, I I'm just guessing it's a lot of what? shot of women feet, women's feet, knowing Kill Bill. <laughs> just a lot of quick <laughs> Tarantino like... feet porn. I'm like, what? I, what, uh, what is cool is that um, uh, Junis Swatsmo, who plays Chewbacca in the sequel trilogy, will be playing a Wookiee Jedi Master in that series. Oh, nice, nice. So, yeah, that should be fun. Um, and the last bit of TV news was that Tony Gilroy, who is the uh, showrunner of Andor, has said he's expecting August 2024 to be the season two premiere. So, over Ooh. a year away from now. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, to be fair, that that show definitely looks the most cinematic of all the shows yeah. we've seen. And it's I'm, true. I just imagine there's a lot more uh, practical effects and actual like sets being built for that as opposed to doing it all on the volume, which mm -hmm. is how so much of the Filoni stuff has been done thus far. Yeah. Maybe I'm now seeing why we went away from having five seasons of that. It wouldn't be coming out until 2040. <laughs> that is yeah. true, yes. Man, um, Cassian would be like 75. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent point, Liz. 
Uh, and then a couple other just last things. Um, Return of the Jedi is returning to theaters in April for the 40th anniversary. What? Really? Yeah. Yep. So we yeah, should go April, see that. April to May. Yeah. Yeah. We should go see that together. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wait, which version of it? Uh, that is the question. I it, it, I kind of want to say yub nub or get the fuck out. Like, I don't want to see the, <laughs> uh, the special edition ending. I want to hear yeah. them sing yub nub, but they haven't announced oh, that yeah. yet. I don't believe. <laughs> Um, Sand, butthole, or bust. Exactly, yes. <laughs> uh, they announced the third phase of the High Republic series of books and uh, comics and all that, and that's you know coming out, I think, later this year. They are adding new locations to the Star Tours ride, the Star Wars ride that isn't in Galaxy's Edge. People still want to ride. Um, so I was, we were talking before we went on the air. When I went in 2018, they had added a bunch of um, sequel-era locations to that. So like when Amelia and I went on one time, we were on Crate, which is the salt mm. planet with the red, mm -hmm. the red uh, ground from Last Jedi. So they're adding new locations to that. I wonder if they're going to basically just all be like Mandalorian locations. Mm. Oh yeah, it seems most likely to me. Yeah, because uh, I, I don't know if there are any locations from Rise of Skywalker. I guess you could maybe add what was the name of that planet, the stupid uh, Sith planet, where they Exegol. go to Exegol. Maybe they add uh, that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, um, also announced there's a new comic crossover called Dark Droids, which I feel like is just a they just put all the Star Wars words in a like in a like blender and pulled out two of them like dark and <laughs> there we go. Sure. Why not? Um, there was some more dark video game droids. stuff. Yeah, some more video game. Is stuff it about annoyed. those ones we know about or just we don't know? Uh, here's what we know. Let's see. Do, 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 do. The horror theme story will see a threat called the Scourge possessing droids and cyborgs across the galaxy. Oh, all right. That's, that's cool, and, I guess. And Din will be there to kick them. Yes, exactly. Yep. <laughs> there is a uh, a Max Rebo one-shot as part of it. <gasps> no, I'm sorry. That's part of the uh, Return of the Jedi 40th anniversary celebration. Oh. A Max Rebo one-shot. Well, rip in peace, because last time we saw him, he wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, He was blown up by uh, <laughs> somebody in Book of Boba Fett. I forget who. Uh, the Pikes. <laughs> yeah, the Pikes. There we go. Um, yeah, you know, that's, that's pretty much everything that was announced. There's a couple of little, um, you know, more stuff with, with the books or with the comics, but they're, they, 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 uh, released a gameplay trailer for the Star Wars Jedi Survivor game, which comes out later this month. Um, but that's a lot of Star Wars news. It is. And it, it's, it's interesting to me how significant all of these announcements felt that there's a rumor out there that Kathleen Kennedy is about to step down as the president of Lucasfilm mm. and that Ooh. the replacement is going to be Dave Filoni. Wow. Wow. I've also heard the replacement that it's going to be John Favreau. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if anybody really knows those things or not. Um, but if it was Favreau, it would explain why maybe he's not going to be directing a movie anytime soon. Yeah. He's going to be too busy doing this. Um, my fear with that is that I think the Favreau stuff thus far has not been necessarily consistent. Like, I think that there is a there's a – on one hand, I think he's a good ideas man. But on the other hand, I look at – Book of Boba Fett, I look at Mandalorian Season 3, and I just see very inconsistent stuff yeah. coming out of that. Well, as you said before, he did make Iron Man films. So Yes, exactly. Um, 
so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see how that shakes out. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're gonna have an episode in a week or two with the f- last bit of the Mandalorian. But real quickly, I know we were pretty up and down on the first four episodes. In general, have episodes five through seven satisfied you guys more? Yeah, yes, in very different ways. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with Matt, and I think the most recent episode has caused me to feel better about the season as a whole. I, mm-hmm. I think it's tied some things together fairly well. Yeah. Oh, yes. I will say the most recent episode made me feel better about the entire sequel trilogy. Yeah. <sighs> Like it, it, it puts so much into context. It's insane. It maybe is the most important hour of Star Wars that exists, um, which is just wild to think about. Um, it was kind of like the scene in Arrested Development where Job uh, has the idea book, and then in the one meeting just gives all the ideas. <laughs> yes. So I, I, I don't know what pace we have after this. Um, But yeah, a lot of things are in motion. A lot, a lot of things are in motion. And what makes me happy coming from someone whose other, I guess, areas of interest are um, things like, you know, horror video games and analog horror, where learning things as it goes along is part of the fun. Realizing that we might've been wrong about a bunch is actually really refreshing in Star Wars. I I so. will agree with that part for sure. Yes, um, I, I I will say that I don't know if anything will necessarily, um, like undo the the bad that was done this season. In certain ways, I don't I don't think you can unring that bell, but. I think that it will it will overall help the series as a whole. And I think that it will help the season as a whole, but I will never get back the time spent in that weird side quest with Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely take most of the season, take the like intro outro and then you know, put it into one single episode yes. and have the same uh, endpoint, but yeah. Well, uh, that pretty much does it for us uh, for this week. We'll be back at the finale of Mandalorian real soon. And until then, remember, the Force will be with you always. Always.